am P.M. Kester, and welcome to the How to Take a Break podcast. This is a wellness-centered podcast presented by P.M. Kester Enterprises that examines the different types of breaks people take and why you need to incorporate breaks into your life. Let's start the episode. And welcome to another episode of How to Take a Break, the podcast. This week's episode is taking a break from being a strong Black woman. This is going to be a good topic. I was trying to go many different places when it's outside my friends and all this other kind of stuff. And then when I really looked at what I was trying to express, I think I got to a nucleus of it. And that is the concept of a strong Black woman. And joining me is someone that if you follow me on Instagram and you know who I follow and who I talk about all the times, it is Kira, host of the Moms and Martinis podcast. And she is always coming with the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And I'm going to give you a little mini bio. So Kira is the host of Moms and Martinis podcast. She is an Atlanta-based podcaster, just like me. She describes herself via her Instagram as a resident hope dealer. And her podcast guides you through minding your business and having an honest conversation. And she's going to tell us a little bit more about her background. But first, I just want to welcome her. Welcome, Kira. Oh, I'm so happy to be here and talk about this. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to call this. The strong black woman. Like, yeah. That's right. It's, it's a whole. <laughs> yeah, let's just get into I, I'm ready for this one. <laughs> All right. Before we get into the meat and the nitty gritty of it, I gave a mini background, but tell everybody a little bit more about yourself, like how long you've been doing this podcast thing. If you want to go into like your nine to five stuff, give us a little bit more about you. So yes, my name is Kira. I am the hosting mom and creator of Moms and Martinis, which is simply kitchen table talk that I share with my friends. I've been uh, a podcaster now. Um, It's going, well, February of 2020 is when I started. However, I'm already in season four. You know, I guess I'm giving Boom. (laughs) Hey, you get a snippet next season. Um, But I've really been enjoying the journey. Moms and Martinis is not just for moms, right? It just so happened that I'm a mom and I like to drink because life is ghetto. (laughs) Parenting is ghetto. I'm a mom of four. My oldest is going to be 21 soon. My youngest just turned 10. So I have elementary, middle, high school, and then adult ghetto. Yeah. So I just really tackle my evolution as a person and as a woman and a thread in how those things impact my parenting, because there's so many things that we're supposed to teach and guide our children on. But truth be told, I just did my 40th birthday or had my 40th birthday and I still don't know. So how the hell am I supposed to be teaching somebody else what to do? (laughs) So that's really the premise of um, the podcast. Uh, My nine to five, I am in the telecom industry. So broadcast media cable internet all that other jazz but it's specifically within the telecom industry I work in learning and development 
So I build and facilitate programs and manage the life cycles of different learning programs, welcome in new employees when they come into the company and give them the skills. I teach leaders and, um, and even incumbent employees to upskill them to provide a superior experience. Right. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I had to put my work voice on at the end. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's I think that's about me yeah all right so all the good stuff and I love it because she's a mom and as you can see as podcasters I think a lot of times people don't recognize that our podcast things are not necessarily our nine-to-five things you know we are juggling and we are multi-dimensional and here it definitely shows that what all she has told you about in her background but I also think it makes her a great candidate to come on and talk about the strong black woman. And so before we get into the next question, I want to read a little bit um, of something that's gonna kind of help shape the conversation. I've quoted this on another episode and this book is called The Sisters Are All Right. And it's by Tamara Winfrey Harris. There's a chapter, chapter six, Strength, Precious Metal. And it starts in the summer of 2014 issue of Bitch Magazine, I wrote about a stereotype that both buoys and burdens Black women. With shades of sapphire's hardness, the myth embodies the idea of African-American women as perpetually tough and uniquely indestructible. Strong Black woman. The words fit together like blue magic, sizzling hot cones, and Sunday afternoon. We are the fighters and the women who don't take shit from no man. We are the sassy women with the sharp tongues and hands firmly on our hips. We are the ride or die chicks. We are the women who have, like Sojourner Truth, plowed and planted and gathered into barns and no man could head me. We are the mothers who make a way out of no way. On TV, we are the no-nonsense police chiefs and judges. We are the first ladies with the impressive biceps. But there's a dirty side to the perceived uncommon strength of Black women. Ultimately, the strong Black woman stereotype is an albatross at odds with African-American women's very survival. Because according to pop culture and the media, we are also the workhorses. We are cold, overeducated, career-obsessed sisters who will never marry. We are the indefatigable mamas who don't need help the castrating harpies. We are brawling world star hood rats. We are the women and girls who are unrapeable, whom no one need worry about when we go missing. We are the scary boogie women in America's doorstep in the middle of the night. And too often, we are the women who dare not to give in to our vulnerability, even as we are breaking emotionally and physically. And so today's conversation is to talk about the complex nature of that term, strong black woman. And I wanna key up this next question for Kira, which is after hearing all of that and just going off of living your life as a black woman, how do you define strong black woman? And how does this phrase resonate with you? Yes, oh, ironically enough, I I have that book and I've read through it. It's been a while since I picked it up and I meant to you know, start just thumbing through it. Um, but very powerful book. Um, I highly recommend that anyone, if you have a chance to read it, you can read it from cover to cover or just look at the chapters and just, you know, some of books you don't have to read cover to cover. Uh-huh. Uh, just 
you know, go in and go to the chapters that resonate with you in that moment. But that's a really good read. Um, but Strongback Woman, even in what it is that you just read, all of those things we've been forced to be enforced to do. And I think that um, when we think of strong Black woman, it just talks about the resiliency, the um, the strength, right? The inner strength, the tenacity, the grit um, to be able to continue to go on and persevere. And with those things, even with the passage was saying, oftentimes we are not able to be vulnerable in the way that people expect us to be vulnerable, but we're vulnerable every time we step up to be brave, to care for our family and go for the education and get more and stand up in corporate America and assert ourselves in spaces where are not created to, um, for us to enter or to support us. That's vulnerability, but somehow people have um, equated vulnerability to this softness. However, because we're put on a pedestal and put in these different positions, sometimes we aren't unable to have this level of softness, right? Um, so there's a lot of stereotyping that goes around the strength of Black women, and somehow along the way, it has gained this negative connotation and or um, expectations that are false. Somehow the strong Black woman has become this superficial superhero with a cape that doesn't have any feelings and just can save the world, but no one's there to save and protect them. Like who's protecting the strong Black woman? Because I'm like, this shit is ghetto. Everything is ghetto to me. It's all ghetto. <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, so I I, I don't know. Um, I don't I don't necessarily subscribe to the notion. And I had an episode similar to this, like your strong friend. Right. Yes. It's it's such a burden to be labeled that strong black woman, strong friend, whatever it is, because it comes with responsibilities that you did not sign up for. Right, and I think the biggest one you were talking about vulnerability equating to softness and how almost since we're the the strong black woman um but it can go out into being the strong friend or the strong person the strong family the strong daughter and stuff like that is it it leads to the conversation of can you be strong and soft at the same time i think you can be strong and vulnerable what do you think about that because i think that kind of goes into the conversation you were talking about vulnerability and softness and the picture of black women. Cause I think a lot of times the media perception you see is a strong black woman. And it's almost like piercing the layer because she's never soft, but where's the duality? Can't we be both? We can, and we are. And I just believe, especially now that when you talk about duality, it's very hard to find individuals that you can trust to usher them into that space. So oftentimes we're only able to show one side because not everyone even deserves the softer side of you. Um, and then in other cases, some individuals are never taught to embrace and um, massage that side of them. So they don't even know how to necessarily 
tap into that. But as far as like masculine and uh, feminine, everyone has it. Male, female, man, woman, non-binary, however you identify, everyone has it. However, when you think about this strong Black woman or strong person, strong friends, they're only thinking about the masculine part of it, right? And not necessarily the, the feminine side. And I know for me, it's the older I become and the more I experience life, uh-huh. It is so necessary for me to tap into my feminine because of me having to be this strong woman for so long. I am tired. Yes. Yes. I'm tired. Yes. I'm tired. Uh, yes. And I think that goes into this next question. And I really want us to talk about this, which is what has been the biggest lesson that you have learned in your life about being strong? And I will say, I know on my side, you said you know, you're tired. That's where I've gotten to at this point. I've now reached this big old age of 40, just like you. I turned 40 this year too. And that was kind of one of my epiphanies on this journey, which is I'm tired of being strong. And I feel like we have this picture of the strong Black woman, but no one ever asked, how did that woman get to be there? And because if you look back, she didn't want to be most of the times. I'm pretty sure I know in my case, speaking for myself, I was strong a lot of times because I had to be. From such a young age, I had to be the other parent in my household growing up. I had to be the grown up in a marriage, right? And there's no shape to husband, but I kind of had to be this person pulling things together. Then as a single mother, I had to be the head of the household because I had kids and things depending on me in some kind of way that moved over into me being the strong friend, that moved over into me being the strong sister, the strong family member. But a lot of that strength is very tiring. So I'm at this point now where I'm just tired and I want to be (laughs) not strong. I want someone to take care of me. And one of my, um, other lessons that I learned from that was like, you know, letting down the guards, being vulnerable, the journey to dare greatly, this Brene Brown book, and be vulnerable, but recognizing that everyone is not entitled to my softness, to my vulnerability, but going at this point in time, I'm going to let that guard down because I'm so tired. It's such an effort. So what has that big lesson been like for you about being strong? Well, well, two things. I want to circle back to what you were saying as far as growing up and then like the relationships and marriage. A part of me believes that we groom. I know I was groomed to be uh, a strong one. Like I didn't even know what that uh, was. But that is what my mother knew. That's when I, I even talked to my family about it. Like I come from a family of very dominating controlling women who ran the family so as I was being raised and reared that's what I was taught those were the characteristics that said no you have to be this and me just now as I've learned myself and grown and explored to my most authentic well I'm not even there but becoming (laughs) more authentically I've never been and I've always is I want to say never been as masculine, right? I'm not talking about like the physical stereotypical, like, you know, that people say, you know, but I'm talking about it just as far as that energy. That's not who I am naturally. 
but that's who I was raised to be. And I was always told I was too sensitive and soft and why I'm crying so much. And, you know, uh. the I want to nurture and care for people. But that side of me was never, it was so suppressed and underdeveloped. It was not welcome. And especially uh-huh. in, spouse, um, in the Bible belt, it's like, no, you better not. You know, and my mom, Stop crying. Like, uh-huh. yeah, my mom used to always say, you don't supposed to look what you've been through or, you know, look like how, what you're going through. And she'd always say, you pull yourself together and put your lipstick on. And I, uh-huh. I learned to just present something that wasn't. And it took me years to unlearn that. And I'm still struggling to unlearn that, especially as I'm getting into having more intimate relationships, whether it's a romantic partner or with my friends, like really trusting people with my vulnerable side and the softer side of me, which doesn't take away from my strength. So I'm learning that. But a part of me, like my epiphany, was to say that in order for that to happen, it comes with very clear boundaries. And oftentimes when we're being the strong woman, we don't have boundaries. We're being stretched and pulled in so many directions. We're saying no, but still showing up. We, you know, making false threats and promises, how we're not going to do certain things and still end up doing it and answering the phone calls in the middle of the night and giving your last like, no. You have to have some boundaries in that. And I just learned, I used to, especially with some of my family members, I had to tell them, I'm not saying no to you. I'm saying yes to me. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying no. <laughs> I'm saying yes to a good night's sleep so I can get up in the morning and be productive at this job that pays for this mortgage. You know, I'm saying uh, yes to me having a savings account. So no, I, I don't have the money to give to you. I'm saying yes to spending quality time to my children. So no, you can't come over and crash for two weeks until your apartment is ready. That never comes. Uh, like, yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I learned is just the boundaries. And the more that I have enforced my boundaries, the more peace that I have. Uh, it, it's just a level of peace and contentment in the chaotic people that I was supposedly air quote supporting. I'm not going to say supposedly that I was supporting and being there. Their life is still chaotic. Right. I would have continued to be there as the strong, the reliable, the dependable, all these things. This is what I'm saying. They always say the good die young. That's because y'all stressing niggas out. I don't know if I can say it. <laughs> Maybe you need to. Yes, you can. You can. You can. I'm going to put the little E up there because I didn't cuss. But no, that is also a chapter in her. Like, this is, I think it's actually in the same chapter when she starts to talk about the percentage of Black women that are having um, strokes, like at age 30, like in their 30s, basically. And mm-hmm. that's in their book. And I think that's all under this thing of being the strong black woman and going, well, I can shoulder it all. I can, yes, you can stay in my house. Yes, I can give you money. Yes, I can do this. I can come, I can work a nine to five, come home and cook, raise some other people's kids along with my kids, Mm -hmm. right? Get involved with other people's drama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get involved with other people's drama. Clean my house. Um, do my work stuff or whatever. And then, you know, you're 35 getting admitted into Grady Hospital with chest pains. Mm-hmm. And that happens. And I know it happens because it happened to me at age 36. And mm-hmm. it was because I was saying yes to everybody else. And then if anybody ever asked me what was going, going wrong, look, I was on the verge of divorce telling everybody it was okay. Oh, everything's fine. It's okay. It was okay. 
everything's okay. But strong, because you got to, don't cry. Don't let them see you cry. You have to be strong. And so it is an unlearning. It's unlearning. Another thing with that, though, um, and I've learned to vocalize this with people. When I've learned one, my people say, how are you doing? If I'm good, I tell you I'm good. If I'm happy, I say happy. But if I'm not doing good, I'm going to say I'm not doing good. I've learned that people want or never prepared for that. Okay. <laughs> like, hey, how you doing? I'm not doing good today. They just like, hmm, sorry to hear that. But you yep. know what? This is what they hit you with. You're so strong. You're going to make it. I've told numbers of people, don't say that shit to me. Right. Don't say that to me. When I'm telling you I'm drowning, I'm telling you I'm exhausted, I'm telling you I'm at my brink, and one more thing is going to tip me over the edge, and you want to give me a high five and say, oh, you got it. No, like I'm standing on the mountaintop with an SOS. I have shot the flare gun. I am flailing my arm. Somebody, please, what Kevin Hart say, help me. And y'all like, you got it. How? <laughs> Look, I said something to somebody. I'm like, y'all would stop doing it, miss. Because uh, there's been some times of these past couple of weeks, I've been like that meme that's going around of that black lady with the gun and the wine right there. And that was me. That was That's how I was feeling. If you asked me how I was feeling, I was right there. Mm-hmm. Y'all should be concerned. <laughs> you should be concerned. Send somebody to my house. <laughs> Yes, relatable, very relatable content. And one thing I will say, shout out to my friends. We call ourselves Thick Thighs of Atlanta. And I had been expressing to them some frustrations, some recent disappointments, how I just had not really been my best self mentally, emotionally, physically, and everything. So we scheduled a little Zoom call just to talk through. We call it, you know, the support circle, you know, the sister support circle. And I did not show up, okay? Honestly, I drunk a good amount of brown liquor and went to sleep. Do you know (laughs) that they all piled up and drove to my house? Everybody is like an hour away from each other. Drove to my house to make sure that I was good. That is how you support the strong friend. And I'm like, I'm legit with sleep. But they were saying, like, we were putting this sister support circle to make sure that you were okay. And when you didn't show up, that was alarming. Whereas I've had friends in the past and family members and significant others when I'm telling you I'm not good and you giving me the high five. So now I'm thankful for my friends that I guess... You can say all of us have been labeled as strong. So we know how to show up for each other. And we learn to do that and continue to learn to do that because we know in the ways, in the in the things that we lack. So we provide that to each other. That's it. I like that. It's the posse came. And and you know what? That's that's a that's a sign of a good friendship circle. And a circle that I think more women need. And that's a whole nother podcast podcast <laughs> of adult friendships and and things of that nature but and I think you've actually even gone into this next question which is um is it possible for black women to take a break from being strong and if so how do we begin to separate ourselves from this trope yes let me ponder I don't think that we ever take a break from it even when we are 
um, disconnecting for a moment, right? The strength is still there. We have to know that, you know, um, oftentimes we even have to teach other people. So in my weakest, emotionally weak moments and I'm crying and exhausted and desperate for answers, doesn't make me any less stronger than what I was when I was on top of things and knew all the answers and how to maneuver. I'm still strong. Is showing my strength that I'm vocalizing it where I'm not suffering in private in privacy. You know what I mean? That's a demonstration of strength when I'm telling you, no, I can't take anymore. And I actually need help in embracing. So I think it's just a matter of relearning some behaviors and really uh, teaching people to think differently about it. And we have enough uh-huh. a reframing. Yeah. yeah. And there are so many topics and things that really fall into that category with Western civilization, you know, is the black culture and all of that. But there's so many things that we have to unlearn and embrace into it. But the, I think the the main thing is start with self and you really have to teach the people around you what they can and cannot do. I've done it so much with my family that when certain topics come up, no one, they know not to even talk to me. They know not to come, like, don't even try it, you know, and that is me taking a break from it. And I always let them know if I can, when I can, I'm going to voluntarily offer that to you. Otherwise, like, it's a no, no means no, (laughs) it's it's done. And, And that was a way for me to take a break from having to, as you mentioned, shoulder the burden for so many things. Like, that's your baggage. It's not mine. Like, just that's right. Let me unpack it and give it back to you. <laughs> it's yours. Yeah. So, hopefully, I answered your question. You did. And I think the, the big key word is it's a reframing. I think we have to reframe what it means to be strong because a lot of times we think that vulnerability, um, telling somebody that we're not okay, um, crying in front of somebody. Or just having a moment where you're like, I'm tired. We think of that as weak, but it's really a strength because we're strong enough to tell people what's going on with us instead of like holding all that in and letting it eat us up from the inside. So I, I think that's kind of what how we get away from that, which is showing how multifaceted we are, multidimensional, better word, we are, mm-hmm. and reframing that. Exactly. So what do you do to take a break when feeling overwhelmed? I think I've seen some of this on your, your Instagram stories, but <laughs> I'm let you talk. It, it's taken me years to kind of figure stuff out. And I'm still learning more things about myself, but I have a list of things. I've learned, I, I love to reconvene in nature. And I grew up with being taught like, nah, we don't go in nature. You know, black girls, you don't, you don't go in the woods. Why are you in the woods? Like, why is you getting your hair wet? But I've learned all of those things actually make me feel so grounded, whole, and at peace. So when I can get out in nature, that's how I take a break. I disconnect um, and just really feel, you know, at peace. I try to find places not only for nature with the trees, but with running streams and waterfalls it's just something so tranquil about that yes. uh, and I get lost like if I can find a waterfall and usually have you know the rocks and around it kind of building the dam and if I can get on it I will lay down on a rock and go to sleep 
Like, okay, all right. I would go to bed, <laughs> like, legit. You know, it might be a quick nap, about 15, 20 minutes, but nonetheless, I wake <laughs> up feeling so rejuvenated uh, from doing that. Um, another way that I take a break is read books. Because for me, um, one of, you know, people say you have the fight, flight, or freeze response. Uh-huh. My flight. So I've always had this notion to escape and leave. And it showed up in so many ways, whether it's me leaving relationships or leaving uh-huh. jobs. So I always want to escape. So that has translated into my love for travel, right? So I can just say, I'm going to book this. Like every three months, I take one week off of work. Like every three months, I need a hard reset. Okay. If y'all want me to stay and not flip all this shit over. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I can come back with a fresh mind. You know what I mean? And I, I'm trying to avoid the burnout. So I do that. And if I can travel, it gives me that need for escape. And then that's what books allow me to do because I can immerse myself in a book and use my imagination where I have the whole characters like I had the movie in my brain you know it's right yes so it allows me to escape for a moment to get this alternate universe or even if it's a self-help book or like the book you're referring to it still puts me in another mindset giving me an opportunity to kind of disconnect for what is and then being able to bring back and bring those principles and incorporate them in my life so those are just a few but honey break they said we go on break we break i take a break <laughs> y'all ain't about to stress me out i'm gonna break all okay. right now oh 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 Ooh, like the ghost at the office <laughs> yes prepare the others, the others. okay <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is oh my gosh well we keep these podcasts short We'll be packing in a lot of information. Kira, thank you so much for coming on. Let everybody know where they can find you out in social media. And y'all pay attention to her social media now because I follow her and she's entertaining. (laughs) Social media and all other platforms. Where are you? (laughs) Absolutely. So again, my name is Kira, host, mom, and creator of Moms and Martinis. I am on Facebook and Twitter at Moms and Martinis and on Instagram at Moms and Martinis Pod. Um, You can always go to my link tree that takes you to all of my many things that I have going on. I do have a website coming soon, um, which is going to allow you to easily navigate and find me and all of those things. But definitely look me up. I'm available on all listening platforms i was actually doing some searching today and i was on a bunch of different platforms that i didn't even know about and i said well look at god so (laughs) (laughs) look go get your analytics girl get your analytics i know so that's what i was looking i was like look at this um but yes i'm available on all listening platforms so hit me up all right will you guys stick around and we will be back with the three breakaways Welcome back. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Man, that was a good episode. I enjoyed it talking about the concept of the strong black woman. There were more than three breakaways. I'm sure you're going to find your own, but these are mine. Number one, you can be strong and be soft. How everyone, everyone, however, everyone doesn't deserve your softness, right? So, I think that when we think of strength, right, and and we see this a lot when we 
see people talk to little boys and we tell them you gotta always be tough you always gotta be strong they cry you can't be you can't be crying because then you're gonna be soft but there is duality you can be both and that is a big takeaway and I think Kira really talked about a lot of concepts on the duality of being strong and being soft so you can be strong you can be soft breakaway number two the more you enforce your boundaries the more peace you will have. I made this a Monday motivation. We have to draw that line, right? And tell people not to cross it. And sometimes that's hard. But that peace on the other side of that line, once you set that boundary, that is priceless. And I want you to take a break to set that boundary and have that priceless time. Too many black women are dying of preventable diseases and a lot of diseases that are caused by stress. And a lot of that can be alleviated by setting boundaries. I don't want that to be you if you're a black woman and you're listening, or a woman that's listening. Heart disease in general is very hard to diagnose. It does not look the same in women as it does in men. So I want you to take a break to set a boundary. Because the more you enforce your boundaries, the more peace you will have. Finally, breakaway number three. Weakness doesn't make you any less strong. And I think that goes along with the first breakaway of you can be strong and be soft. But if you have a moment of weakness, we all do. Um, <laughs> the day that I'm recording this part has been a heck of a day. And I've had some weak crying moments. But you know what? I still think I'm strong and I'm still a badass. And you are too. Weakness doesn't make you any less strong. You just had a moment of vulnerability, a moment of realness. And you know what? That is super strong and you are strong. So take a break to embrace who you are fully today and every day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please look in the show notes for information about today's guest. And until next time, find a little time to take a break. Bye. Thanks for taking a break to listen to the episode. Connect with me at P.M. Kester, that's K-E-S-T-E-R on Instagram, or email the Kester Group at gmail.com. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us on your platform of choice. Until next time, find a little time to take a break. Bye.